With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard. Comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness. It's a catch attack. It's a new dropper. And now Kitty in the middle. Dropper goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on when you do. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. Stretch it. And Didier dropper has. Dropper in the centre. McCoy just came from the ground and was pulled out. Bleak as this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. You're joined by me, your host today, Babs. You know, I know it's been a while. I know you guys missed me, but you know, I had to, I had to show my face again. Um, I'm joined by Dan. Dan, how you doing? You told you they miss you. <laughs> <laughs> main pod in your head you're a star and i like it it's cool i don't mind it <laughs> that, that was that's what i was saying hey listen man, don't, don't, don't forget where you came from still don't, don't forget you came from jesse hour don't forget don't forget <laughs> but no it's always good you know it's, good. it's just gonna be me and you today so i don't know i feel like whenever me and you get on a pod it's always it's always interesting you know because obviously we have quite different views, but sometimes we do agree. So we're definitely interested to see how this pod goes along. <laughs> Babs is so hard. <laughs> I don't agree with Dan. That's how you open the pod. <laughs> I, I don't like Babs, just for the record. Hey. <laughs> All right, so let's get straight into it. So obviously, you know, we might as well start with the most recent news, you know, the Chelsea 4-2 defeat to Arsenal. I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. just on that immediately because obviously you had a bird's eye view. You were at the game yesterday. You saw the massacre. Mm-hmm. So I just want to get your initial like flash pan flash pan review. Not 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 no like rewatch. Just I want to hear your raw emotions. How were you feeling after that defeat? Um, I didn't. I didn't even rewatch it. I didn't need to rewatch it. How was I feeling after the defeat? Um, I wasn't that angry. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I wanted to be angry because we got smashed to Arsenal 4-2, but um, I wasn't angry. It is where it is. I guess in the context of the situation, it's not necessarily like 
um, we're out of the top four race or, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, we're not in danger. It was a little bit frustrating because really and truly, forget about the score, it's just almost like we gave them goals. Um, but it, the emotion of it, it's like, uh, I really wanted to stay to the end because obviously I was at the game. But after the penalty, I was like, I gotta get out of here. Just, I just gotta get, I gotta get home. It, it was, it was good. Kind of like talking to people on the way back. Everybody's frustrated. Almost like Twitter, everybody's saying, "Oh, this person's the worst, and that person's the worst, and our squad is bad, and everything's bad." But I never get caught up in in any of that. Um, it wasn't a good game of football to watch. I don't think from our point of view. Um, but yeah, m- maybe a little bit frustrated. But I'm calm, man. It's interesting. I've always said, yeah, like you, you know, when when things are going well, you know, everybody's happy. You always get the measured. You always get the measured takes. But I feel like when things go wrong, yeah, and people get really angry, you you, you get what they really feel. You know, like like yeah. you, you you really start to see how people are really feeling. And you know, one of the things that I found quite quite interesting was um the focus on um our record on Tuchel at home. And I wanted to get your thoughts mm. on that. You know, because obviously, you know, throughout the early two early 2000s to, to the mid 2010s you know yeah. Danford Bridge was a fortress you know and it doesn't seem yeah. to be what it once was so do, do you do you take much weight in that and why do you think that may just be potentially I've been, I, I thought about this a little bit potentially obviously when you're thinking about the fortress of, of Stanford Bridge um it was low block Mourinho it was really lo- low block Mourinho and maybe this has come off of the back of going to the match and watching it but we were so easy to play against for Arsenal because essentially, you know, we tried to cam them in their half, we played out the back. And so literally Arsenal just had to be patient and wait for the counter-attack or you know, wait, wait for us to make a mistake building up. Um, and you know that sometimes we do that in the Champions League when we're doing the counter-press and just waiting for the other team who's, you know, trying to build up slowly. And I just thought like, I just thought like it was an easy game plan for Arteta. To be fair with Arsenal, I feel like they've become a, a bogey team for us in general. Like the, the kind of history of the clash from my lifetime anyway, when I was growing up, we couldn't buy a win against Arsenal. We, could, we couldn't. Like, and even the times where it felt like it was coming, it would get snatched away. And then we just went after the Wayne Bridge goal. There was a period of domination where it was almost like the kind of roundup for most of the matches was like men against boys. Um, and then we're now in this kind of weird era where it feels like they're like our West Ham. Just you know, like when I, I never look forward to playing like an Everton or a West Ham, and now um, it's like an Arsenal. Never. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Arsenal. Never. I'll never, like, I'll never ever get Stephen Nace without my head, man. I'm telling you, it's just, and Bro, even like, Sheffield it's always just United, those odd players, man. Yeah, Sheffield United are now one of them teams where it's like, ah, you know what? You're not good, but you probably take um, some points off of us. But in terms of the home kind of record, yeah, but in terms of the home kind of record, I I think personally, it's because we play very positively. Like when it comes down Mm. to it, some of the the games at home that I'm thinking that we're losing to, I think we lost against Man United at home. It was that transition from um, the corner, do you remember? And Sancho scored. We didn't lose. We we drew. We drew. drew. But yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, th- I'm thinking of like the, the games and maybe I have to kind of really yeah. this is yeah. just like um and you know just like a passing thing, but maybe I have to really go and look back. But I do think that for teams that just want to kind of play that out, typical away strategy, sit back, wait for them to make a mistake, we're a dream to play against. We used to love playing against teams like Barca because of that, in terms of all right, they're gonna be brave, they're gonna try and camp us in the half, which means if we get Torres on the break, if we get Verna on the break, all, all that type of stuff. And I just feel like at this point, and I, I'm not necessarily thinking this is a bad thing because there's obviously like positive and negatives for everything, but 
also what I'd say at home, at home, the atmosphere, because Tuchel talks about it quite a lot. And I feel like, um, boy, how do I say this? It, it, it doesn't, do you know like how Liverpool really and truly, like no one wants to go to Liverpool to go play there. Yeah. Um, I feel like with Stamford Bridge, maybe it's because, I, I don't know, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like one unified fan kind of voice together always cheering the team on. Do you know what I'm saying? It feels almost like, um, last match anyway, it was like the away fans, they're always, they're, they're like the hardcores in it. So they're always going to be kind of chanting. And it felt like it was more like, okay, let's, it was like lazy responses to the Arsenal mm. fans chant. So the Arsenal I've fans got a chant, for you then. Say it again? So I've got a question for you. Yeah. So were, 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 were you chanting? Was I chanting? <laughs> a, little bit, like, a little bit, but really, truly, I'm not necessarily in it for the chance, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and that might just be part of it. But but what I'm saying is, it's not even about trying, trying, trying. It just felt like, um, I think with Chelsea, there's a lot of mm, uh, tension. I feel like, like, you know, when you watch the games and you can see, like, even forget about the, the people that go to the stadium, as soon as we haven't scored by the 30th minute, there's tension. And it's like, oh, we haven't scored, or nothing's going right, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like, um, yeah, I just feel like ah, maybe we're, we're better playing the way because of part of that. I know this is, again, just me kind of like brainstorming, but um, really and truly, if it was a type of thing, if we want it to be a fortress, the crowd has to play a part. Um, but, but then also, I just think since we're playing such an attacking game, it does really lend, especially against smaller teams, for us to just be counted on. Um, and obviously, uh, when you've got Rudiger and when you've got Thiago Silva, you've got Jorginho who can kind of control the game a little bit. I think maybe we can control those a bit more. But yesterday was a bit of a car crash. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I, personally, I don't agree with the openness part in terms of that. In terms of that being why why it's so bad. I think part of it is probably the atmosphere and quality as well because if you look at the two best home sides this season, it's obviously Liverpool and um, City. Liverpool haven't actually lost a game at home and they're as open as as can be, you know? So I, I don't think it's simply that, but it'll be interesting to see like, what... I don't, what... I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that they're... That, I don't really think they're open. When I see them, I don't necessarily think it's the same style. Like I think people can just pocket, oh, Tuchel Klopp, same style. I don't think it's the same style. I'm, I, because, I didn't say it's the same style. I'm, I'm just saying that they yeah, are open. Like, like, they... No, but I, I don't think they are. This is what I'm saying. I feel like Tuchel's um, formation is domination. It's we want to get the other team in their own half and we want our players to be, you know, our defenders to be right up. That's not that's not how Liverpool play. Liverpool are game game players, so like they want the space for Salah and Mane to run into. So they're not. It's not a similar style, and this is what I'm saying. Mm. I feel like I don't know if I agree, man. I don't know because because this this iteration of Liverpool, they, they have been a lot more reliant on actually controlling games, you know, controlling controlling That's possession like, and penning their team. We, no, position, we. But... I'm not. I'm not even forget about controlling possession. It's all about the space. And what I'm saying is, Liverpool want space for Salah and Mane to run into, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not the same. In terms of the blocks we play, Tuchel would prefer our us to camp in the other team's half. And what that means is it's not necessarily about getting in. It's counter-press. It's winning the ball kind of high, but it's not necessarily about having the space for the counter-attacks like uh, Liverpool's uh, formation is. I don't, I don't see Liverpool just camping in the other team's half and playing a possession. That's not kind of how they're played. That's not like... That's not... The, 
the Liverpool that I've seen. Liverpool I've seen is fast counter-attacking football. It's different. But but anyway, like I, again, this isn't like necessarily me that's done that analysis, I can say fully. I'm just looking at it from from yet maybe um it's a little bit biased from yesterday's point of view, but it just looks so easy in terms of a game plan because especially because of the way we set up. So in terms of the way we set up, we usually set up with a double pivot. We didn't set up with a double pivot. And obviously when you're at the game, it's the camera, like when you're watching it from at home, the camera's following the action, but you can literally see the way they're setting up because obviously you can see it even out of position. And Kante was alone. Um, and obviously Kante hasn't played anchor much, but then you had Saar who's come in, who hasn't really played much. Christensen, who again, um, to be fair, Christensen's played enough and Christensen's been a deputy for Thiago Silva. So I don't even think that's that bad. Um, but, but yeah, I feel like just that Reese James, who doesn't really play a right centre back. Um, so that whole kind of area where everybody knows each other, everybody knows who um, where people are. It was just a lot of newness. And to be fair, like from the beginning, it just looked like there was mistakes that were, were bound to happen. So this is obviously just focusing on that game. But in terms of in terms of home games, I'll do a review. I'll do a review. You just asked me off the top, so that's the first thing that came to my head. But I'll do a review. And defer, defer, defer. But yeah, so going us to line up a bit. So obviously, you know, we, we lined up how we did. You know, we made those changes. We brought Sarri and we, built, we brought Lukaku in. You know, do, yeah. do you think Tuchel underestimated Arsenal? Because I, I know we, we we had an interesting discussion last night and you made an interesting observation in terms of like Tuchel doing like these like weird rotations at, at, at times, kind of like cup games. So I just wanted to like, get your, your thoughts on them, whether you think Tuchel underestimated um, Arteta and, and yeah. Do you know what I think? I think that he just looked at it because like, in one of the press conferences, he talked about how we have the feeling that we've overplayed some players. And I think he looked in the calendar and kind of seen that actually we've got a little bit of breathing space. And he thought maybe this is a good time to shuffle. Now, wh- why he thought this was a good time to shuffle, I don't know. Because um, really and truly, for me, for me, um, like... I don't know, for, for me, Wednesday night is a bad time to shuffle. If it's Saturday, 12.30, bad time to shuffle. Do you know what I'm saying? I just feel like these type of, like, Wednesday night football, like, if it's Champions League, you're going to play your best squad. But these kind of Wednesday night games, that's prime, prime slip-up territory. All of these games that are kind of, like, not necessarily Sunday three, or Saturday, Sunday, 3 o'clock, just because sometimes you have to get yourself in the right mind to play these games. And I think when it when it comes midweek Champions League, all of the players, they're focused. They know it's a big game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to a midweek Premier League, you've just obviously we played a lot of games and I know a lot of people have spoken about it, but the games keep on coming relentless. It's Arsenal. Sometimes you see the lineup and you're like, okay, this is Arsenal. They've lost three on a bounce. And it's almost like you can come into the game thinking you've won. And this is not necessarily just from a two cool thing, but it could be from a two cool thing too, given the lineup. But just in general, like a lot of people, a lot of Chelsea fans, what happens with within the loss? They make it about them, and so it's you see. This is why um, X argument, whatever argument they've got, this is why this should have been happening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have lost. But I do think sometimes it's just this this um, Wednesday game against Arsenal. Um, these are the games where management actually comes into it. Because this is the these are the games where it's like you might not be getting the best out of your players because 
Um, you've shuffled the squad. To be fair, Tuchel shuffled the squad too much. But even if it was like um, a normal squad, because don't forget, against Arsenal, we've played the Arsenal a couple of times uh, midweek. Uh, maybe one of the reasons why I thought this would be a high-scoring game, because I came into it thinking it would be a high-scoring game, is because we, we've played them against Arteta a couple of times, and we haven't done as well. And they've been kind of like midweek games. And I just feel like um, this was an important one, I think, because, yes, we might have some breathing room, but it's better to get top four sorted and then rest players and keep the momentum rather than introducing loss. To, to have bad momentum towards the end of the season, it, a car crash would happen. And we seem comfortable now, but until you know we're over the line, we're not over the line. So, um, so yeah, I can't even remember the question, but I just think Tuchel has to own a lot of it. There's a lot of shuffling. It's, I think it's a, it seemed like a cut match because... There were so many, like, okay, you said that Jorginho needs a rest. Fine. Like, when you're bringing in so many players and you're putting so many players in positions they're not um, used to playing, usually what happens is these type of matches, these kind of matches where you concede a lot of goals, and that's what usually happens in cup matches. I don't know if that's the point you was um, referring to, but yeah. usually in cup, yeah, usually in cup matches, whether it's FA Cup or Carling Cup, what happens is... There's a lot is, of rust. They, they, well, not just rust. This is like... Yeah, there's rust, but also different combinations. So yeah, that, that's, that's what I mean. So like, when when you like bringing like loads of like random different players who haven't really played with each other in a while, you get a lot of rust. You get a lot of like, it's like, do you remember? The, was it the Luton game in the FA Cup? So many, extra there's, times? There's yeah. so many. There's so many, and it usually happens in the FA Cup. And usually, people start blaming these players, saying that's why they're not good enough. But essentially, yeah, it's happened quite a few times because I, I remember the EFL Cup as well. If you remember them, um, obviously so um, against Aston Villa. Where it went to penalties and then against Southampton as well when it went to penalties like, like yeah there have been a couple of games like that it's, and, it's not even yeah. at, a, at a point where you can like for, for me there's so much evidence where it's like really and truly I think especially for a Premier League game because the cup game you're almost saying okay you don't mind going out um for a Premier League game I just think when it's almost like you're saying I don't mind losing these three points when you do that because yeah, agreed yeah because um okay so Lukaku we don't know where his head's at um, it's all good saying that they're training well, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but we know that he's not happy here, and by all intents and purposes, all the links are saying that he's going to find a new club. Um, so we've got the person that's leading the top is probably out of the door. You've got Christensen who's leading the back, probably out of the door. You've got this new—I don't think it was just new players; it was new concepts too. Kante anchor with Mount and Loftus Cheek. Now I know he done some innovation in the Champions League for Real Madrid, and I know that Loftus Cheek spoke about how. He said, okay, it's your job to kind of find some space in between. Now, actually, when I, when we first saw the lineup and we was there, obviously we were just thinking Kante and Ruben off the cheek, they're they're both, you know, um the the pivot. And then I was looking, I was thinking, okay, yeah, Kante's the one that's staying back and Loftus Cheek has a license. But then I'm thinking, why is Loftus Cheek always on the right? Like he's not just roaming, he's just always on the right. And then I look over, I'm thinking, where's Mount playing? And it's like, you're always on the left. And so there was just this big space in the middle and Kante's there and he's got no one to play with. And I'm just thinking, what what is going on? And sometimes I'm seeing Reese James try to come in to kind of help. But I was just thinking, like, what, what I don't understand the innovation at this point when we still need points. And you're, you're, just so, you're changing so many different factors. You've already got the new players in that hardly played. You know, you've got... Um, rusty players and and you're, and you're doing this new innovation in terms of and I'm just thinking 
like you're making it. It's almost like you're making it harder for us to to overcome it. So, um, so yeah, it, it like I think we deserve to win. I mean, to lose. I think we deserve to lose. Like we did score two goals, but um, even those goals, it wasn't like we were dominating play. It was just like raw slap. We got they scored, we scored. So it was almost like a boxing match. We had no control in midfield. Um, and people want to blame Loftus Cheek. Like, listen, when we, actually when Loftus Cheek came into the midfield with Kante, when he changed it, so he did. Tuchel changed it, and he put Mount right wing. Um, so and it was Lukaku up front, and then Werner left wing, which meant it was Kante and Loftus in the middle. We were better then for for a while. We were better then, but really and truly, that middle, that idea of Kante just being a lone anchor, who, and then Mount and Loftus Cheek just being able to fly. And almost support the attackers. Like I just don't. I, I just don't think it worked. And I think that's the reason why Tuchel changed it mid mid first half. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it worked either. And it was an interesting one because obviously Malang Sar has been brought in, and yeah. he had the game that he had. And I know a lot of people were bringing it up in terms of like that, that tweet. But I know it was interesting because I think Sar has had good games. You know, he, he has had good performances yeah. for Chelsea. But yeah. I'm not sure if yesterday was just purely rust or. If it's just his quality I, showing showing through. I think so. I, can't, I I haven't even read back the tweet, but it was a guy called Rubio, and that, and now I know he's the opposite, probably blocking. But I can't remember the tweet. But the the general gist of it is just like really and truly, like let's not buy players. Like obviously we've already got start, but what I'm saying is like let's not buy players just you know because we need an option. Rather just use this player, and then let's make sure we get the right option. Um, and yeah, Sark showed himself as a defender, left back, maybe can do defensive work. He's always been clumsy. And I've said that from preseason and even at Porto. I think he started to play, but he's been clumsy. And he showed a lot of the clumsiness um, yesterday. I, I was with, I was at the game with Anu and <laughs> Anu was doing the drum roll for when Sark <laughs> when, was on the ball. He was like, Ugh! because he was just like taking so long to make a decision. Sark yeah. gesturing to Alonso saying, because essentially what Alonso would do is Alonso would just... Do you know like how you could come close to the, the left centre-back and you can work as a tandem? And it's like, OK, pass to me so we, I can help you get the ball up the pitch. Alonso just kind of really played left wing, essentially. And so Saar was like, come back so we can, you know, maybe transition this out together. And so he would try to run the ball up to get closer to Alonso. Um, uh, I, but you, then, you can always see like... the. the... I don't want to say it like this, but you can always see like who who are the best technical players by the amount of touches that they take when they're progressing yeah. the play. Like you yeah. know the guys who like take a lot of like touches with their with their toes, and it's like you can see that this, this guy is not confident on the ball at all, and you just wants to get yeah. rid of it. Yeah, and that's and, one and, thing you, you do see a lot with it within Sar. Yeah, yeah. So again, to be fair, he's got a mistake in him. I've seen him have better games even on the ball. Um, yeah, agree. But, yeah. but I think I think the people focusing on Sar, um, yeah, it's I very targeted. Yeah, I think I think it's easy. I think it was scapegoat yeah. stuff. I'm not gonna lie because when it comes down to it, um, I know like people did blame Christensen too, but like the Christensen error and and it wasn't just the error. Inketia was giving him a bad day. I was there with Anu, like I said, and he said it's got to be an easy win. Inketia is nothing. You know, we'll handle Inketia, and like I've I've liked Inketia in terms of a goal scorer. Because he reminds me of a Darren Ben or a Defoe and those type of like he just feels the next one in that one where it's like this is someone that can notch goals. And I said, you, I said, I literally at the beginning of the game, I said you shouldn't have said that because 
I've seen him for the under. You know, he's like one of the top scores for the under twenty ones. Like when no, he, he plays, he's the top score, goal scorer all time. Yeah, he can kill. Like when he gets the chances, he can kill. And I was like, and, and we spoke about it. And it was like, for some, like I was just saying, they're gonna get a lot of chances. And I was like, you should have said that. Um, but he was given. Forget about like even just the shots on goal, like. And that's the good thing about when you go to the games, you can and because we had great seats, like I could see Kristen's face, and Kristen looks, he looked worried, scared, like, um, uh, like literally, Enkete was laughing, Enkete was laughing because Kristen looked like he couldn't hand him, and obviously Enkete is a little bit smaller than Kristen, and um, for those that have like played in defensive roles, do you know when you've got that little kind of nimbly player? That is just like, where are you? And all that, because they're so agile. He was giving Christensen a bad day. Tuchel apparently said that Christensen asked to come off. I'm not surprised. Because right. he looked wor- he looked worried. Like, he looked like he couldn't handle Nketiah. Um, so it wasn't just like the finishing. It was the movement. It was just, he was pest. He was a pest. Nketiah was a pest. Um, and so like, in terms of our back line as well, Reese James, obviously... Like Tuchel explained, he's not playing right wing back because that's like a demanding role. But even with Reese James there, um, I was hoping maybe Reese James will be someone that can help us transition the ball out as much. The ball came to him, uh, like it, like we just wasn't doing well in transition. Like usually we have Thiago Silva and Jorginho who have a connection, and both of them are kind of good in terms of helping us transition because it's not just about what you do on the ball; it's about the where you go to to pick up the ball um, to make it easier. And I just feel like that was clear. Kante didn't know the space, the right space to be in to open up the game. Uh, Christensen, there was no relationship there to kind of help us progress. Um, and so that area of the field, malfunctioning, was our biggest issue because essentially you had, like I said before, Alonso would just be waiting up there. The, the other Mount and ROC, would, they were all just waiting up there for the ball and there was no way for us to transition the ball up. And that was perfect for Arsenal. Um, but obviously, because it was a crazy game, like it, it seemed like Mendy started to go long quite a lot. And and the, the funny thing is, the ball came around Lukaku a lot of the times. He barely won anything. It was so that was so bad. His timing, his perception, all of that. I even tra- actually off. tracked it. Funny enough, and the, the first header he won in the first half was the last one. So I think it was something like he 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 had lost the four previous aerial doors before that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite. It's quite frustrating. I can imagine being there front and centre to see it. It must have been even more annoying. But it's just, imagine the game plan. So we can't build up through our midfield and our, our, our back line. We can't even do the kind of whole left centre back to, you know, uh, left wing back thing. Alonso's mad high. Um, Sars back trying to find him, kind of come back forward to find him. We can't do any build up. And then the, the other option is to play it up to your big striker, the reference point that we bought for 100 million. He's not winning anything. So a lot of it was just like, hopefully, even if Lukaku doesn't get it, it lands somewhere and Werner starts bouncing around, Mount starts bouncing around and they get it. And and so there was no kind of fluent play. The game plan didn't work at all. And I feel like a lot of that is on, on Tuchel. Um, and and yeah, Werner had, Werner had a great game. Werner's touch, he looks confident. His touch looked better a lot of times. Some of the time he still saw the Werner touch. Um, but um, he looked confident. Um, obviously, that deflected goal. So, like, do you know what I'm saying? If you don't shoot, you don't score. So even the fact that he was kind of like um, being able to get shots off and he just looked confident. He was taking on players. Um, 
but at the same time, even and, and the burner conversation needs to happen because, like, really and truly, I don't know what he's on, but he's been on something. It feels like it feels like lockdown Werner. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it, it feels like. And the reason why the reason why I say that is because I'm still not convinced that he should be like. If we can get if we can use this to get um someone to buy him, then we should take it because I was just looking at our team yesterday. Right. So I so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so are you, are you basically saying, do, do you want to keep playing him and risk him going back to shit or you want to use it as like an advertisement to sell him? I'm, all I'm saying is, I just hope that this isn't changing Tuchel's mind. And, and Yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like more people will be interested in him and it shows that what a confident Werner can do. Because like we talked about other players, like when you're not confident, you're not going to, you're going to question yourself. And, and he just seemed a lot more confident today. So we saw a better version of Werner. But we didn't see many better versions of the players that was on the field uh, on that day. Um, so yeah, it was it was a weird one. Arsenal, I think, I think what happens is because so many of their players are young, and listen, I listened to a bit of Touchy Gunas. They will like hold that, hold that, hold that, whatever. Um, but the thing is, I think the reasons why people underestimate Arsenal is because you look at Mount. And you look at when the young players coming through, especially because if you're not playing that often, a lot of the time there's this big debate on how good they are because everyone's still trying to negotiate how good they are because they're young players, right? So the players that you've seen forever, you're gonna have, you're gonna know how good they are. But I think people underestimated Arsenal because it's like, okay, Saka, ESR, and uh, you don't see, you don't see as many of these players that much, and so people are saying, how good is ESR? How good is Saka? How good is Inkeya? And I think people learned today that Nketi can, uh, even Arsenal fans probably learned. He hasn't started much. And we know that at Chelsea, we've got a lot of players that haven't had the start, so have been said to have been shit. But actually, when they get let out, they can show the damage they can cause. And so I feel like one of the reasons why maybe maybe people took for granted is that they saw all these young English boys thinking they can't harm us. And it's like, yeah, they, they did. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And yeah, obviously you do mention um, there will be other players to discuss to them. Yeah, we'll come back to that after the ad break. Right, now that we're back, let's discuss these other players. So, obviously, you know, we've mentioned um, Andreas Christian starting in that sort of centre-back um, position. One thing I found interesting, right, is a lot of the ops have been, like, onto him. Just like, oh, you know, this is a guy you called world-class. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like, I feel like it's, a, it's a bit harsh because even I'm not the biggest fan of him, but for me personally, I've given him a lot of praise because I do believe that he is a top centre-back. And we have seen it, you know, like, he, he had back-to-back a man of the match performances at Anfield. You know, mm-hmm. he came in when Thiago Silva was injured and towards the end of last season and mm-hmm. it barely like we dropped a level. He dropped mm-hmm. a 10 out of 10 in the Champions League final. He, he was quality, you know, in the lead-up towards the end of the season. And he had a really good start to the season. But I feel like ever since that um, Barcelona move seems to have com- been confirmed, he's like, his head has been out of the door and he's kind of like, you know what? I'm not really bothered, you know, so I'm just going to do whatever. So I want to get your thoughts on that, um, Dan. So do you think um, that is the case? And also, do you think he should be given such a responsibility given he is going to be leaving? Um, and I feel like, I feel like part of it, towards the end of the season, you need the hope of doing something big. And I think um, last season when Tuchel came in, and as we progressed in the Champions League and as we went up the table from ninth to fourth, it was like, yeah, we can do it. And then like, we're fighting for something. And I think generally, so this is just not 
uh, not just on Christensen. Now we're out of Champions League and it's like, it almost feels like top four is ours. So I feel like generally there's carelessness and there's coasting around the squad and maybe even with Tuchel. Um, and so, yeah, in terms of the things, I mean, I mean, people do it all the time and I don't respect it. I, I respect people that kind of just keep it steady. So Christensen, when he's doing well, he's great. And then when he's doing bad, everyone's like, oh, he's the worst. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I don't think he's the worst, but I do feel like a common theme. I, I guess just from watching him yesterday and looking how looking about at how worried he looked. Like, I don't want my defender to to visibly look worried. Do you know what I'm saying? Look out of your depth. Um and he's not he's not a young boy anymore, but he just looked out of his depth. And then obviously when he didn't come come back on, because I saw Tiago Silva warming up, so I was thinking he's not coming back on, but then he had a bad half anyway. He wasn't confident. He wasn't confident receiving the ball um, deeper. Because, look, the difference between when Thiago came on, um, Thiago just looked confident with everything, no matter when people pressed him, etc. It was nothing. He was like, I've done this. I'm 37. Like, I've been through this. Whereas Christensen, just like, in his face, like, you could tell that he was worried. Um, that um, Maybe because he made that mistake. And it was definitely after the mistake where I, I saw him look worried. So... Maybe after him making the mistake, it was like, oh, I'm going to get dragged for this and all of this, et cetera, et cetera. But the difference with Thiago Silva is, regardless, he just looked calm, composed, and that kind of radiated through his performance. Now, with Christensen, Sari mentioned that, you know, nerves got him in big games, et cetera, et cetera. And so there, there, there seems to be a little bit of that. He may, may not have fully conquered big games and when things are going right that's okay but how do you handle adversity that's a different thing do you know what I'm saying um and and yesterday it didn't seem like he handled it well Christensen I think um I think it has coincided with him being Nick called Barcelona but also like with with our bad form so the same way when we're in good form and everyone's looking great and maybe even greater than they are Sometimes when you're in bad form as well, people are looking worse than, than they, they are too. So, yeah. That's definitely an interesting one. And on that um, second half, so with him giving such a big responsibility to um, fulfil a deputy to Thiago Silva and playing big games such as the um, FA Cup semi-final and this game, um, what do you think is going on with Trev? And do you think he's been doing wrong, been done wrong? I've seen a couple of tweets which I don't agree with in terms of like comparing his treatment from two, well, quote-unquote, quote-unquote treatment from Tuchel in comparison to Mori. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that because for me personally, I think that's yeah. nonsense because if you look at the comparison, one was frozen out for like literally a calendar year, whereas another is like come and played a EFR Cup final against Liverpool. You know, he's played massive games in Europe and he's just had a slump in form where he's just been taken out of the firing line. So for me personally, that's just where I stand at that. But I wanted to get your thoughts. So what do you think is going on with, with Trevor and do you think he's been done wrong right now? I never... I try not to anyway. Um, I try not to get into the heads of the different kind of supporters saying different things because I feel like you can kind of, sometimes you can just get there, there, you can just assume wrong. But it does seem like um, that kind of whole comparison to Lampard is like, and the Tamori thing. I think it's so off, like you've just mentioned, then you start thinking, why? But why would they do that then? Because it's so night and day. One's... One actually um, has played way more than he probably even hoped. 
and then Tamori, you know, the opposite. Um, I don't know, maybe with Tamori, he came into the season um, with Lampard not expecting to play, and then he played a lot initially, and then it, then it went. But I Isn't think that similar to, to Chalo, because obviously, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Season, yeah, go, go on. So, yeah, like, that's what I first started to say that, and I was like, actually, maybe. But what I'd say is, um, with Tamori, it was a bit more weird just because it was like, it, it only happened to Tamori. But I feel like throughout the season, we've seen just like, oh, Kai Havertz. Doesn't mean that he hates Kai Havertz, he's just taken him out for a bit. Jorginho, everyone's like, oh my God, this he doesn't trust Jorginho in big games anymore. I was like, actually, he's just taking him out for a bit. And Tuchel spoke about it in, pre, in the uh, press conference saying that, yeah, I just felt I just felt at this point that he had been so strong and so composed that I think what Tuchel does is he kind of likes to take players out and then bring them back in because then the player knows that, actually, if I don't re- rediscover that kind of top consistent form, then I'm going to have another long layout. So I think that's just the way he works because we go through all seasons saying, oh, Tuchel um, has frozen out this player. Then about two or three weeks later, they're regulars again. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, we had it with Hudson-Odoi, had it with Havertz, had it with Werner, had it with Pulisic. It's a common thing. And it's part of the thing is we've got a big squad. Tuchel said in training that he's been playing well. Um, and he says that he feels like he's strong. And he said, that I can't prove it yet. But to be fair, he can by playing him. But he said that um, he just feels like he's in a strong position. So it was interesting that he didn't play him. But um, yeah, I guess he has used. I think it was. I think it was the Super Cup that he used Trevor a left centre back. But he's barely used him left centre back. So I think he just played Sade because Sar was deputy for Rudiger. Um, probably on reflection, he might have used Trevor Chalopar, but I don't think there's anything insidious there at all. I think that he, he probably really likes the player. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Because, yeah, in the, in the Super Cup, um, I think he played right centre back, even. Yeah, there Already, was one there game was I remember. Maybe it was pre season that he played left centre back. It was just one game. I can't remember. Was it the um, Tottenham or Arsenal game? Maybe, yeah. Because I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I just remember there was one game um, that he played there, but he hasn't really played that often at all. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's been an interesting one because yeah, I, I do want to see Chalobah come back into the team sooner or later, just for him to like I get some think, minutes. You know, I think that our best three has been, and if, when you look at the periods where we've been defensively mean, it's been Rudiger, Thiago Silva, Trevor. That's been our best three. I, I, like, and I'll do the analysis, but I, I done it earlier in the season. I just feel like um, I know that. Trevor, people are saying that, yeah, he's had kind of wobbly bits. And I think there were, yeah, there were some mistakes. But um, in terms of dealing with the opposition, because Trevor can pass, and like we said, I said yesterday, getting the ball out was difficult. But Trevor's good in possession because obviously he's played midfield too. And also he can do the recovery. So when we are high up and, you know, the ball breaks, he's got the pace to get back. Aerially, he's got the most balls. And he doesn't seem to, even if he did make mistakes, I don't think he's kind of like Chris where it just feels like you can visibly see that, oh, shit. To be fair, sometimes I've seen that with Trev. But, but yeah, I, 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 that would be my starting three, um, as in, like, not just in Arsenal, but just, like, my main three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think it's a bit ridiculous because him and Christian have played roughly the same amount of games a minute. So, yeah, I don't yeah. see where I, people want to what, to, what to, what to do, but... To be fair, yeah. Tuchel, Tuchel literally said one of the reasons is because 
Reese James, they're trying to get him up to speed. And they yeah. went and even yeah, that even that is I don't know I'm, I'm not buying that man I, I, I want Reese back at right wing back man like that, that right centre back thing it, it, it can work but for me you need a more offensive threat. No, 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 but, ahead you of hear him. what he said though. He yeah, said, I, I hear what he said. It's just like getting him up to speed. I I, I get that, but what are you not buying? In, 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 like he's got he's done it in the FA Cup now. Like come on, like, this is the, this is the league game now. We we wanna you know we wanna press on from, from, from now. You, like, Literally, like, what, he, what, how he long? Said, what he said was that they they he got injured. They yeah. brought him back and then he got mm-hmm. re-injured because it's a high impact. And so the whole idea is they want him on the field, but they don't want to re- like re-injure him. And so that's why they feel like it's a less intensive position to play. Um, and therefore, like once he gets more games in him, then he's more robust that he can play there again. He's just literally yeah. saying... I I can't, like, my issue is probably more just as be playing right wing back, if, if, if anything. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, go, going on to the next, but obviously, you know, we're through to the FA Cup final. Comfortable 2 0 win against Crystal Palace in the semi final. You know, big goal from Ruben off the cheek and a lovely taken finish from Mount. You know, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on on, on that. I mean, not not in, not just the game because obviously it's been a while since since the game and we really need to break it down. But I just want to get your thoughts just in terms of like going through this FA Cup final, just how important it would be to you know obviously get the win there. I think it's it's based on the fact that we've lost a lot. Like I wouldn't be that invested. Um, I know people. I know people are saying we haven't won a trophy this season, even though we won the Super Cup and the, you know, the Club World Cup. But I, I kind of would. I feel like the FA Cup is one of those cups as well that like you win something, but it's not like okay, that makes it a, a successful season. And for me, the Premier League and the Champions League, you can have a successful season by winning either of those. So it's not necessarily about winning the trophy to make it a successful season for me, because I don't really think that it make a. For, a for what Chelsea's ambitions are, I think real success is only in the Premier League or the Champions League. But I think with the FA Cup, because we don't want to encourage the cycle of us getting to finals and losing. Now, Tuchel's done an amazing job. I think I saw a stat somewhere in terms of like Klopp's been to eight finals in his whole time here and already Tuchel's been to six. Um, but I think we've only won one, right? Is that right? Yeah. We, oh, okay. Three. It's, it's, it'll, be, it'll be more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, it'll be three, half because we, we lost the FA Cup. We lost the EFL. Yeah, so it's half. Um, but yeah. essentially, because um, we've, I feel we, we might make a record if we've gone through on a bounce to the final and not won. Oh man, I, we, we've lost more times than that on the bounce. I think at Wembley because. No, no, no. I'm talking about FA Cup finals. Oh, FA Cup finals. Yeah, yeah. That that that, that one in particular is, is getting quite ridiculous. That, that might be a record if we if we if we do three and a bounce, get to the final three times and, and don't win it. That, that's not a good thing. So so look, man. and 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 the, and the thing with Liverpool is because the encounters between us and Liverpool has always been so close. Yeah. But it seems like Liverpool have edged it, even if it's like draw and then penalties and all that type of stuff. So so yeah, for me, it's just important because um, Liverpool obviously they're. Uh, to be fair, Liverpool fans, it's almost like they feel like they've won five leagues in the last five years and they've just won three Champions League. But that's just the way they act. And so I feel like they need knocking down a pagan or two. Mm. Uh, we'll hear it as well, this whole kind of Klopp and Tuchel thing that they're entertaining. I just think he's a better manager and they're upset about it. I think Tuchel's a better manager than Klopp. Um, even though I think he's a better manager, I do kind of... I'm going to give Tuchel time. But so far, in terms of you know his talent ID... And I'm still not sure about the coach and the attack thing. We'll have to see it. Um, Wait, I've been but, fam, no, but that it's, one it's, there. 
it's it's the beginning. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So I'm not really like it's it's so. I think it's a bit ridiculous to compare um, six years worth of coaching and attack to. Yeah, but uh, I I do think you know you know what right. I think they're on the opposite spectrums because early on with Klopp's attacks, like they were entertaining, but his defense was the problem. Were they? Whereas with us, I think I think oh. they were, especially on their run to the um, Europa League final against um, Dortmund when they beat Dortmund. So I think they I, were very entertaining. Listen, I, I think it's subjective. I think it's subjective. I I think it's subjective, and I also think that players make good attacks. That they're individuals in, yeah. in terms of it. And I think um, he. I think. Yeah, but I don't think they didn't have the, the best of individuals playing, around them. That's what. I, that's what I'm saying. So for me, that I've only started to enjoy Liverpool as an attack since the players have got better. I didn't enjoy it when. In fact, I and I I enjoy the way Liverpool attack, but it's only for me personally. I can only speak for me. It's subjective, like I said. Since the individuals have got better now, the the, the difficulty for me is so far from what Tuchel shown in terms of wanting Lukaku. And in terms of even like um, sometimes the choices where he says like, listen, we tell him to run hard and that maybe it's our fault that they're not, you know, making the right decisions, et cetera, because we expect them to run hard. Now that I have to just wait and see, I think it's way too, I think it's way too early. I know that at PSG, there were similar things. They said that actually you're re- relying on ingenuity from the quality of players, but I don't mind that as long as we can get top quality players. And mm. I have to see, I have to see if that's what Tuchel wants to bring in. I'm, I'm really, I'm really intrigued in terms of the attacking signings we make because when I do look right. over the Liverpool, and I know it's not just Klopp, because to be fair, yeah, from, I don't, it isn't just anecdotes, Klopp it, it's, it's majority recruitment. Yeah, exactly. So from the anecdotes, the type of players he wants probably wouldn't have made the same football that we're talking about like in today. But, um, but yeah, but like even the next batch that Liverpool are lining up in terms of Fabio Carvalho, they were linked with Adeyemi. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, even Elliot, like they, the type of players that they're buying, they're good players. Luis Diaz is coming, looked solid, and so yeah, it's like I know people would like to blame oh the, the recruitment, 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 but like the fact that Tuchel put thumbs up to Lukaku and how horrible it's gone, that's on Tuchel. That's not on, on no one else. That's, that's a damning indictment, man. You yeah, spend so much on a striker and yeah. Boy. Yeah, you know your football and you have the veto. You have the power veto. You Tuchel won the Champions League. So I'm I'm sorry, but there's no way Chelsea are saying Tuchel's going to say to Chelsea, I don't want this striker. And they're going to say, no, you have to make him work. We're going to spend 100 yeah. million. And, and especially given that we're not a club that really re-signs players. So yeah, it yeah, must yeah, have yeah. been, yeah. Yeah, so so essentially for me, that's a massive L. And you can see, look, he, he dragged uh, Lukaku at 60 minutes. Like before, even before it hit 60, Havertz was ready to come on. And what that usually means is, especially because we, I think, was either losing or drawing at that point anyway, it means is that that's one of the earliest opportunities where a manager can bring someone off where it's not you're taking a piss. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, okay, fair enough, 60 minutes. And so, yeah, I don't think, I, I feel like everybody can see it anyway. Tuchel doesn't no, rate different. Lukaku. He doesn't rate, rate Lukaku, and that's 100 million. So that's a big L. Yeah, but that's, that's, a big, that's a big worry for me because if, if you're going to sign another player and you're going to say, oh, I don't rate him anymore. Like, oh, is it going to be a pattern? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what is it going to be? And and do you know why? And you know, and this, that's the next point I want to come to, sorry, Dan, because mm. for me, I don't care what the manager wants. I don't really care what the manager wants. For, for me, it's all about like having that, you know, concise recruitment strategy, which brings in these like levels of talents. And I've, it's something that I feel, I do feel like it, it won't really work 
for us until we like have like a, a succinct like method. So I don't think it could just be like the manager saying, oh, I want this player, so we're going to go get this player. Maybe you want a type of player and like the, the guys bring him. Obviously, I don't know what's going on, but I don't know. I yeah. just don't think it, it could no, be a I thing. Because you know, wait, sorry, because you've obviously seen like a lot of like, fans are like, oh, you know, Tuchel's won the Champions League, give whatever he wants. And for me, I've always been like, no, I don't I don't want that. No, I, I don't want that. Like, Because you, you don't want to be stuck with like, ex-players whereby like if you move on from Tuchel eventually it's not going to work on the future it should just be like a succinct you know recruitment strategy whereby mm. we can have con- continuity and yeah that, that's 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 what I'm going to be look, looking forward to seeing in the summer because it will be with, under new ownership so yeah, yeah. let's let's hope I mean, it's something better I think I think I I think that Chelsea do that anyway in terms of I don't think Tuchel's like I need this player get that player um, I think Tuchel's really reasonable. And I feel like whenever they, he talks about working with them three, it seems like a team type of thing. Um, but I, what I, listen, even if even if it's, um, okay, go out and get me. So even if it's like the scouting-led recruitment, if Tuchel's like, go out and get me a reference point, um, I don't, and, and then they go out and, and have a list of reference points, and then actually you realise a reference point doesn't work in this team. That's on Tuchel. You can't, it's not necessarily scouting. So like what Tuchel really, asked really. for, yeah, what Tuchel asked for and said was missing, like we're all, because I know that a lot of people come to this, I don't care what the manager wants, it should be recruitment. That's been Chelsea anyway. Chelsea have been recruitment led mostly anyway, right? Yeah, obviously sometimes Chelsea like to give managers what they, what they want because they want to give them the tools to succeed. But generally, it's been a recruitment type of thing and they come together and decide it. So I don't think Chelsea are in any danger there. It's already that. I think, agreed, managers shouldn't really have the final say. For me personally, I think they should have little say. Um, I think that they should work together so that people understand their football. And I feel like it's such... For me, it hurts so much because, like, Tuchel, you you know that you play, like, high-intensity football. Like, that's all you ask for from players. And then you bought Lukaku. That, for me, is such a... Big L. That's such a... I just don't... I still, to this day, don't understand it. And what I didn't like was when we signed Lukaku and we're sitting back and say, OK, tell us why why you why you chose this guy. He started talking about a whole lot of non-football stuff. And I get that's important because you're not just... Right. I get that's important because it's not just uh, have you got skills, can you score, but you're going to have to have the right mentality to win at the highest level. However, even that, that's been L. Because you were saying I'd rather work with a player like Lukaku than Neymar, etc. But then now hey. I'm sure you're all together. Hey, I remember, I remember, I remember. I was onto Meads about that one early on, man. So I remember I, that one. What I'm saying is there's been a colossal failure in terms of identifying players with that Saul and Lukaku thing. Saul, I think, has actually done well. I think he started slow, but which can happen. But um, he hasn't played enough, and I think that. The early kind of memories is scarring people, but I think he's actually picked it up. I don't like when he's played, but at first he was giving me palpitations whenever he's on the pitch, but now I don't have that. But at the same time, he's paying, we're paying a lot of money for him in terms of wages, and he hasn't really been as useful. So, like, really and truly, those two signings show, um, and I think Tuchel might be humble, um, but it kind of shows that, okay, actually, maybe we need, you know, to take a different direction, whatever, like, we're not there. So whatever kind of process they went through last time, and it can be easy to think that transfer windows win, and I know a lot of people are so happy and excited and saying, yeah, final piece. But that goes to show when people say, oh, Tuchel wants him, Tuchel wants him, give him what he wants, like you were saying, build the team around him. 
it's not about that. It's about how do we get the best players? Because Tuchel won the Champions League with, with players that he didn't buy. <laughs> so, so this is what I'm saying. And now we've bought some players, it's almost like we've gone backwards. So it's not necessarily just give these managers what they want, which I'm sure that most people know anyway. Oh yeah, I don't think most people do that. that, that that's why I was a bit worried about it. But yeah, so um, the next part I want to come up, obviously, you know, FA Cup final and maybe I'm guilty of this, but I, well, probably probably will say I am, but I've, I've said that I, I think we're a bit of a cup team, you know, and I wanted to get yeah. your thoughts on if you think that is so, um, why you think it is, and if not, what you think our recent success in cups has been due to? Because from what I can remember, obviously, you know, we got with Lampard, we got through what, what we got through to the FA Cup final. You know, sorry, you know, obviously it was the Europa League final. Mm-hmm. You know, now too, because it's been the you know UCL, FA Cup, mm-hmm. EFL, FA mm-hmm. Cup twice here, which is crazy to say. Final. Mm-hmm. So, like, why do you think our luck in the finals? Well, not even luck in cups because we've actually deserved to go through in these cups. Why do you think our, our success in the cups has been so much? Of a diff of, of a differentiator in comparison to what what we've had in the league, like do you think it's squad quality? What what, what do you think it is? No, I think I think I think there's a lot of personally. I just think there's a lot of lazy analysis over this cup team thing. I think um, I think it was a bit different where, before Tuchel and Klopp came to the league, and I say that just because before Tuchel and Klopp, I think it was easier. For a new manager to come in, like a Conte, for instance, I think it's easier. And I think Conte can still do it next season with Spurs, to be fair. But I think it was easier then because essentially, the way that I see it, you've got the two camps of managers. You've got the progressive managers that, like I'm saying, were coaching attack, which doesn't necessarily happen over a season, which is why I'm not necessarily going to lambast Tuchel just yet. But the progressive managers, essentially, there's incremental, and you're compounding the improvement. Because they're they're not necessarily like a Conte that's just building. Um, okay, we're going to be defensive and then counter attack. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they have to, like you kind of. Do you know when they say you have to kind of smash uh, some eggs or whatever to make an omelet or whatever? You have to crack some shells or whatever. So there's going to be mistakes in progressive teams. It's it's about making mistakes and then growing from them. But I think with teams like Conte's is about mistakes. And so when Mourinho comes in. And it's like, we're going to limit mistakes and we're going to, you know, kill on the other side. That's an approach to winning. That's one approach to winning. And then the, the other side is the progressive. Now, the, the good thing about the progressive ones, if you can keep the manager for long, then it's going to be harder and harder for other teams to compete, especially, if, obviously, if you're a good manager. And I think with Liverpool and Pep, they've got two good progressive managers. That means they're incrementally getting better. And that's why I feel like the gaps become wider and it's become more difficult to just come in and win. Now oh, that, that doesn't make that doesn't make Chelsea because uh, obviously Chelsea have switched managers. So for Chelsea to come in, like we could get if we I, I, I don't think we've been getting those um, defensive managers anyway. So we could have got let's say we got Conte back. Conte could come back and we could do that kind of whole one game a week things, and we can close the gap to a City and a Liverpool by limiting risks. And by doing a counter-attack thing, we can do that. But obviously, Conte doesn't stick around for long. But I think with Chelsea, it's so difficult to say, Lampard, you've got transfer ban and your new manager, etc., etc. Compete with Klopp and Pep, who have been here for four years, assemble their squad, etc., etc. So when it comes down to it, like a lot of the team uh, managers that came in, Sarri, 
and then Lampard, these were guys that were trying to build things, be progressive, not necessarily just limiting mistakes in like the Conte way. And so the reason why people say cup team is because it's easier to win in the cups than the league because for the league way, if you're doing it the progressive way, it's going to take a couple of that some time to chase it down. So the people say cup team, but essentially what it is is that we haven't been able to keep a manager, a progressive manager, long enough to even significantly close the gap. And we haven't had a Conte-type manager um, or a Mourinho-type manager where it's like, OK, cool, we're just going to limit the mistakes and then, you know what I'm saying, go for league. And I feel like you need one of those two things. You even need to keep Tuchel for long enough where we can start to close the gap or we need to get one of those managers that say, fuck it, let's just go super defensive and, ha- and, and build, you know, that kind of, you know, team that is just going to, you know, be super defensive and counter and limit mistakes and just punish teams. That's the way that I see it. Interesting. So would you say Tuchel is a super progressive manager? Yeah. So when I'm talking about progression, I'm talking about what you're doing in terms of building. So like Conte is not necessarily, I feel like with Conte, it's more about, I think Conte is can come in and win a league quickly because he's limiting mistakes. Um, and to be fair, you can say that actually Tuchel's a bit of both because Tuchel does kind of, but the reason why I say Tuchel's more progressive is like he's playing high up. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not about, oh, let's give them no space to make mistakes. Like there's a there's a lot of, we're playing high up and teams can transition us and all of that type of stuff takes time. Um, whereas Conte is about low block and then again, counter, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I'm saying. It's not that maybe progression was the, the wrong word, but the fact that we're playing so high up, like with Sari, like with Lampard and, and all of those type of things. That's why a lot of people talk about transition and all this. And I, look, look, a lot of people see the answer as, OK, if you want to win the league, you have to have a Declan Rice and a sure many therefore we can play this way and also we better, better recovery. I don't think it's that simple. But I, I, I think with um, if we keep if we keep Tuchel for a long enough time, because we've shown our prowess in the cups and against these big teams. But I just feel like in terms of the attack, I know people don't feel the whatever, we just don't have a punishing attack. I think for me, the defence at the beginning of the season was doing great. And I was like, there's no way you can keep this up. For like, We've played the most games anyway. There was no way we could keep up. And I feel like if we had a functioning attack, then we would have been, look, we're not even that far from Liverpool and City now. Really and truly. We're we not that uh, far? Yeah, because the gap has been so much more like that. We, we're not that far. Like I was like for most managers, I wouldn't expect this. Like if 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 um, I don't know if if Ethereum came into Chelsea, etc. Would we be um, as kind of like to be fair, even with Sari, like to be fair, I think Sari in terms of the third position, that's kind of where I kind of expected us. Because, again, he's a progressive manager and it's going to take time for that to kind of build. I just feel like unless if people want it, it's like, OK, we want it now to challenge. Then I think you're looking at a Conte to come in and just say, listen, we're going to kind of sit back, make sure we take care of the defensive side so that we're not giving them any chances. And then we're going to use our um, obviously we're going to have to get good attackers to just kill them. Because at this point, when I look at our attack, um, I think it's been a downgrade. Everybody said that Giroud, Pedro and William and all of those guys were shit. But really and truly, as, as in the Lampard era, because everything's all young boys and young boys and young boys. But when they came in, they showed that actually they could, they were more killers than than the other guys. But yeah, I, that's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, it's interesting because what if you look last season? Obviously, we finished what nineteen points behind top, and currently 
you know, we're what um, fifteen points off. So we just to see how that closes because I, I still do think we're, yeah, we're, we're we far away from them. But... Because Tuchel came in. Don't yeah, forget we were yeah, 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 I, I agree. I yeah, agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm not taking away from it. I'm just saying, like, it'll be interesting to see, like, what, what, what happens, like, going forth from now. Because, yeah, I I, I would want to hope that we, we, we do continue to close that gap. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think, yeah. I, I definitely think, I don't, I feel like people will be disingenuous if they, if they think, actually, we haven't made progress. Like, when it comes down to it, um, I, I personally, I think before Lampard came in, we were comfortably be the third best team. I think during the Lampard era, it was a bit because he was obviously an amateur. And I think now Tuchel's back again. We're comfortably the third best team. And to be fair, I feel like the, like, I know everyone's like, the worst squad, the worst squad. And, and everybody's got these other ideas. But I just feel like when it comes down to it, like, you can see we don't kill teams. Like, we, we don't have anyone. When you look, when I look at our lineup and our attack, I'm just like, okay. Like I can look at our defense, I can look at our goalkeeper and say, okay, we can keep a clean sheet with you. I, I can look at our back three and can say, yeah, we can keep a um, clean sheet when it's good enough. We can build up. I can look at the the back end of the midfield and say, yes, we can dominate most teams in possession. But then when I get to the attack, that's when the questions come. Can we create? Can we kill? Those are the two big questions, and I feel like those are like I know that everybody's got their own things, but for me, the big questions in our team is, can we create and can we cure? And then I think when I look at Liverpool, they don't have those questions. When I look at City, they don't have those questions. And so for me, that's the gap. I don't look at a manager thinking, can he win? Can he challenge the title? I don't look at that. For me, the biggest questions is, can we like can we cut a team open? Even like with Arsenal, they could like when it was 3-2, the game was won because they just put Arteta knows how to do a defensive block. And I just didn't trust us to create. And if we did get a chance, I didn't trust us to kill. So for me, those are the two big questions in our team currently. Can we create? Can we kill? And I feel like once we ask those questions, then we can be, because I don't think we're that far, but we're far enough. And the reason why we're far, um, the reason why there is a gap, I think, is those two questions. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And yeah, so to end up the podcast, let's go through some listener questions, you know, from the Discord. It's been a while. Obviously, shout the Discord, you know, make sure you guys do join and sign up and get involved in the conversation. So, yeah. first question from Nick. So, he wants to know, what are your thoughts on the squad building since our last PL title and where it's gone wrong? Should questions be asked on Marina or do we need a DF, D, director of football alongside us? So, obviously, I think that probably bodes into what you just ended there in terms of um, yeah, that creation and, and, and finishing. So, yeah. I, w- I, won't say, I won't say a long thing, but it's not, I think sometimes it's so easy, like, Things are so coupled together. You can't just go away and buy something that Tuchel doesn't want. So Tuchel asks for a reference point and he says, actually, this season, I just want a reference point in attack. That's the, Their job is to bring a reference point. So, like, as part of the scouting team, you're like, actually, we need a, a creative player, but you're not the manager. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? You're a scout. And so in terms of the squad building, we've had different managers. And I know there's this buzzword that I just feel like sometimes takes just get recycled and everyone's like, Oh, this squad is a mishmash of different managers. Listen, that's most squads. Like you're not. That's most squads. So I don't even think that's a. I don't even think that should be even brought up, because usually, what like what team has had a manager for more than ten years or whatever now? Most squads, um, and if they've had that, it's because they're successful. So usually, when we get a new manager, they're gonna have you know a mishmash. 
And I think um, in terms of saying what's gone wrong, like, yeah, we've, we've won the Champions League. We've still been in and around the top. Like, I don't think for the, the turbulence in terms of management, and I know that Chelsea fans are used, used to turbulence and winning. <laughs> but don't forget, we should have won a lot more. But the reason why we didn't win a lot more is because we didn't have a stable manager. We did pick up things, but don't forget, we haven't been that potent. I think City have been more potent than we were, and that's because they've had a stable manager. So I'm looking more at, listen, I always say there's a few good managers. I think Tuchel was a good manager. If we can keep Tuchel, now he might need some help on the, the talent ID side, but if we can keep Tuchel, we'll have some stability. And then I thought like that, that's when you get um, more drained up. That's when you get the more drained up squad. But look, you can't always keep managers because sometimes they're just shit. And so I'm, I'm getting rid of them. But but now we've got what I think is an elite manager. The focus should be on keeping him and then also kind of skilling up the scouting department and learning from mis- the mistakes. And then, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's what I'm Interesting. So I've got a question from you just off that. So let's say, you know, Tuchel is backed. He gets the attack he wants and the taste is bad again. I, it doesn't yeah. mash. I don't Where think, do you I go don't... from there? I don't even think that Tuchel. This is what I'm saying. I said before. I don't think Tuchel's that. Like, I'm. I'm, I'm not sure Tuchel said get me Haaland. I think Tuchel's open to getting different players. I just felt like Tuchel's obviously chipped in and said I want a reference point, and they identify three different players. I don't think Tuchel's saying um, it has to be that player. It has to be that player. I think he's looking for profiles too, which gives space for the scouting department to do their job. Now, I think off of the back of this. Where if it was Tuchel that had Lukaku top of his list and Sal top of his list, maybe this time we say Tuchel, have your list, but you know we might check that later. We, we have to look at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Send, 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 send to our email. Do you know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if they give Tuchel another transfer window, I think that would be where it's like if if Tuchel was the one that was behind pushing Lukaku and Sal. Um, and they they buy his first choice people again. I think that's a mistake, really and truly. Like when it comes down to it, the, the reason why you have these multifunctional teams with different SMEs is because you know Tuchel can't be the best at everything. Like I like the fact that Tuchel only cares about coaching. I remember Babs, you mentioned something. It's like, wow, why didn't um, Tuchel know about the fans thing? And I was like, yeah, that's what I like. He doesn't care about all the other bullshit. Just focus on what you know, and that's the coaching. And so when it comes to actually scouting the best players, you don't have the time for that. You're too you're too down in the detail. So, like, I don't want, um, the, like, if there's anything to learn, and I know we've been linked with, wait, we've been linked with a sporting director called Paul Mitchell, and I've seen his list of players. And, and I just feel like one of the biggest signings we'll make is, is someone with a good taste. Because I feel like even, I think people kind of take it for granted, but one of the first things that um, Roman did when he got in was he solicited people to tell him, okay, who is the best talent finders? And that's how he got the Visser, who kind of, he's the guy behind KDB. Forget what everybody else says. He's the guy behind a lot of the good players that we've had. He was the guy behind Robin. He was the guy behind Mikel. Um, and so when people say, oh, the list, that Paul Mitchell, people want stars. Yes, we are Chelsea. Brother, if, if, if we're going to get a C-list person to identify talent who can't identify the stars of the future, then what's the point? We're Chelsea, so we need to be trying to get someone that identifies stars. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think people don't realise how much of an impact having De Visser, Um Obviously, it was De Visser and Frank Arneson came in too. Frank Arneson showed that he was a big name, but not necessarily the best at getting talent. 
And so I don't necessarily want a big name, but it has to be someone that is really like the best at getting talent. And so I know like people are just saying the names that they're comfortable with, like the guy from uh, Monaco and Real Madrid. Yeah, they're names that are comfortable with, but I want to see people that are picking out stars. And so far, really and truly, I don't know about this industry, but the guy at Liverpool... Michael Edwards. Michael Edwards. He was like Klopp. Klopp was saying, they kept on saying to him, Salah, Salah, he's ready. He would mention the other player, but Klopp says, no, Salah, trust me, he's ready, he's ready. And that conviction and the, the pure success, that's the type of guy um, that I want. And if not failing that, let's see what kind of... I was going to say Leicester, but I don't know. They've had some hits and some misses. But for me, so far, it's only Michael Edwards. Yeah, but that's that's my um, opinion. Yeah, fair enough. So the next question coming in from Prussian, I think you, you, you'll like this one. Um why are we looking so shaky in transitions? This used to be our bread and butter last season. Do you see anything different from us from the setup slash role perspective? As in last season when Tuchel came in? Yeah. Amen. Why are we looking so shaky? We seem to be so... Um, well, yeah, so what, because obviously not on the Lampard, it, it was a problem, but on the Tuchel, it did seem to be something that was fixed and mm. we didn't actually... I don't think we could see any chat going in the Champions League for car attacks or in the league either, so... Yeah, so... Think, what would you think, think so different? I, I don't I don't think I agree because I remember last season I was looking forward to playing the big teams mm. because the small teams they were the issue um, and yeah. obviously there was yeah. the team that the, the game that kind of really kind of comes up was the West Brom game but I know we had a not the West Brom game who is it was it West Brom the one where we got it, it was, was West, the West Brom, Brom game. yeah uh, yeah and, and we, but I I don't uh, I remember last season one of the big question marks coming to next season was. Are we going to be like better at against the small teams? Because the big games was the ones where we can handle it, and part of that, I think, anyway, was that yeah, the big games are going to be going toe to toe with us, not just sitting back. Um, big teams are going to be, and so when you're playing the small teams, what we found is we found them difficult to break down. But and also like the Arsenal game, literally, it's almost like a microcosm of what we're all talking about. Difficult to break them down, plus they can break on us. Um, so I don't necessarily think we had that sorted last season. Don't forget, we we did progress up the table, but it didn't finish that well. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? There was a lot of L's again to smaller teams towards the end of last season. I have to review all of the goals because maybe not all of them came from transition. But I think what people need to realise, and I remember both Klopp and Pep saying it, and I know that for some reason, people just kind of try and put Tuchel on this thing where he's been in the Premier League for six years. Therefore, the attack should be developed the same way, et cetera, et cetera. He could be a good coach, but you still need time to figure things out. Figure out your squad. Where's the strengths? Where's the weaknesses? And get some trial and errors because Pep made mistakes too in terms of the Pep players that he was buying. I'm sure the Liverpool team did too. And so when it comes down to it, I remember Pep doing interviews saying, I'm trying to learn how to handle these transitions, but it's just so difficult. That was in his first um, season. I remember Klopp doing the same. Like, literally both of them talked about it. And so the fact that Tuchel's done really, really well, I think people just think that all of a sudden he doesn't have to go through that kind of process of building Chelsea. But that still has to happen. We didn't have it figured out last season. We were better against the big teams. And that's because part of it is the underdog thing where we've seen it. Both t- All three times we've been to the Champions League final, a manager's been sacked. And then it just seems like everybody kind of huddles together and it's the world against Chelsea. And that emotion is part of it. And that's why we see the kind of momentum building. Everyone saying, 
this is like 2012, that's like 2021, doing all comparison. I just feel like sometimes that builds and that, that builds the image in the player's head, like we can do it. And so I just think part of last season was the whole emotion of it. And obviously a good coach too, but we, there were still issues there. And I feel like us against small teams was reminiscent of that. And so in towards this season, I think we started well defensively. Um, and I think where we dropped the ball was not sorting out the attack because it's very mentally hard for a whole season. With defence, it's about limiting mistakes. It's very yeah. mentally hard to ask uh, a team to not make mistakes throughout a season. Yeah, but I mean, so- it's, 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 it's a life thing either. Like, it's hard to limit mistakes, but it's easier to bounce back from them and bouncing back exactly. doesn't include having an attack. So, and part, yeah. of, and, part of, and part of the confidence is when we concede, oh, shit. We're dropping like because if you have a good attack, when you can see it's like okay, we can still win this because our attack's going to rescue us out. But I feel like so much pressure has been put on the defense, and so that's why I feel like sometimes it's like the defense at the beginning of the season, it's like yes, let's let's fight for this clean sheet, let's fight for this clean sheet, let's fight for this clean sheet. But then when you start introducing these kind of times where oh, actually, we've conceded, therefore, we've drawn and then we've lost, I feel like that's kind of been lost throughout the season because, like, oh. I don't know, that mental kind of fortitude kind of went with it. And so for me, that's why I feel like the main thing is, let us, don't forget, Pulisic, two years left in his contract. Mount, two years left in his contract. Hassan Adoy, two years left in his contract. Werner, linked with leaving. Lukaku, linked with leaving. Ziyech, linked with leaving. Reese. No, but yeah, yeah. So, to be fair, wing-backs are part of our attack too. So the way we play because of 3-4-3. Three, three. So yeah, that's, saying, what, that's what I mentioned, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so much work can and should be done in our attack and so for me for me that's just the biggest area and i feel like i said before the question marks for me is can we create can we kill in terms of us being um uh more weak defensive i just feel like that was always an issue the way we play we play high up and and we accept that responsibility that you know people can transition on us and i think even with your your, your rise to issue in many we still have that will still be an issue but if we have the attack to kill then you know what I'm saying we'll win the game. We'll still win games. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And last and um, certainly not least question from Gunners Rex. Um, don't know how that question slipped in because he's an Arsenal fan. But yeah, how many summers do you think it will take to catch Liverpool and City? And is Tuchel close enough? To, is Tuchel good enough to close that gap? Yeah, I, this is what I'm. I think too. I think Tuchel. I think we've already kind of done. Yeah, we, 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 really, we really covered that part. Yeah. No, but what I was going to say, the closing we've done in terms of management. Like we've closed, I think we've got a, a, a manager that is as good as those two. Yeah, so we've closed the most important gap, in essence. But, yeah, but the, the the talent ID gap might be an issue for us. Like Pep only buys players that are good technically. Uh, Klopp, maybe it would have been tricky for Klopp, but then he's been backed by a good, you know, scouting team. That question mark for Chelsea, another question mark. So we're talking about the creating question mark and the killing question mark. There is a question mark over our talent ID, and that'll be the third question mark that we have to answer. I don't look at about too cool. I look at it as okay, cool. Let's see the the people that are being brought through the door. How many successes can we make of it? Because in the first summer that we've spent money, it's been two L's out of two. Yeah, definitely fair enough. Definitely fair enough. Yeah, that's a good place to end the podcast. Obviously, yeah. you know, thanks for joining, Dan. No problem. And to listeners, thanks for listening. Make sure to use the hashtag. Make sure to keep following. And yeah, peace. All right, nice one. He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. Yeah!
tags on Twitter and ranting Doing the most True say that money is power So when you get money, keep quiet and ghost Ghost I remember when I shot my shot But I didn't have guap So I hit the post But next time it's a golden goal and it Sports Social Podcast Network